Welcome to the Own Your Choices, Own Your Life podcast. I am Marsha Van Weinsberg. I am a speaker, a coach, and a published author of the best-selling book, When She Stopped Asking Why. On this podcast, we will share tips, tools, and strategies used by our speakers to break through and overcome the challenges in their lives. I am on a mission to educate, empower, and inspire you to see that when you own your choices, you truly own your life. Let's dive right in. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Own Your Choices, Own Your Life. And today we are talking with Sue Rue. Sue is a registered massage therapist of 11 years, focusing primarily on myofascial release therapy, where oils and lotions are not used. So working with abdominal fascia is her jam, and she lights up many times when we talk about it during the episode. It's amazing how much anxiety and trauma and stress we hold in that area, which ultimately progresses to pain throughout our entire bodies. We get into some really, really great conversations talking about holding on to trauma, holding on to our stories, whatever we want to call them, and how that can physically, like spiritually, emotionally manifest in our body and what it can do to it. So as we spend time ignoring those symptoms, avoiding and not dealing with it, we can end up with pain and anxiety that manifests in ways that had nothing to do with the areas that we were dealing with. So, and I've seen this when working with clients where I'm helping them with a physical rehabilitation of something and they, we are dealing with something that that's not where the pain, where the pain is, is not where the problem is. And I see it time and time again. So as well, when we're dealing with our emotional challenges and our stories that affect and hold us back in our life, then what they also do is they can manifest in different areas of our body and show up in ways that we just didn't even realize it was connected. So this is the power of understanding the fascia in our body and how it can physically affect how our body is reacting to stress. So Sue believes that finding and addressing the root cause of the pain is a key to preventing future health issues and avoiding unnecessary medications, which I could not agree with more. Um, she is a wife and a mother of a brilliant seven-year-old girl. She has faced her own health issues this year. Because of this, along with renovating an entire house, Sue has taken a break from the clinic and she's worked for, that she's worked with for at over a decade to focus on the other products and to become a little bit more of a freelance therapist. She created the Love Yourselves podcast because really when we love ourselves and love ourselves, it can have such a different impact on how our body functions, how our mind functions. So I absolutely love that name, Love Yourselves. And she's currently writing in two co-author book projects and beginning stages of her own publication. So she really is passionate about wanting to teach the world about fascia by bringing more of an understanding to the masses. So enjoy this episode. I know that you will, and you will see some correlation between the physical, the emotional, spiritual, and how your body is responding to the stress that we are holding on to and we are putting it through. Learning to let go, learning to connect in that self-care, but really reaching out to somebody who can help you with that fascia release is more powerful than you can even imagine. So enjoy this episode. I know you will. 
Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Own Your Choices, Own Your Life. And today we are talking to Susan Brew. And Sue and I connected, I'm going to guess a few years ago, we ended up um, communicating online and then we actually met in person at an event. And we've just kind of been back and forth cheering on each other as far as what we're doing online, which is, I think, is one of the most beautiful things because we are here to support each other and collaborate. So I love that. So welcome to the show today, Sue. Thank you, Marsha. You're welcome. You're welcome. So we are going to jump into a first few questions and before so people can get a chance to know you. So tell me, where do you live? I'm in London, Ontario, Canada. Okay. In London, Ontario. Any of you always lived in London? Nope. I moved here when I was 18 to go to Western University okay. here, um, but I was born and raised in Welland, Ontario, in Niagara. Yes, I do know where Welland is. I lived in London. We lived in London for about a year and a half and loved it there. Like it's mm. just it's such a beautiful city. Yeah. yeah, I just didn't leave. I uh, <laughs> grew a little bit of a family here and uh, nice. loved it. So Nice, nice. What is, are you a reader? Yes. Okay. Awesome. So you're going to tell me, tell the readers, tell the listeners, what is one of your most impactful books that you have read? Hmm, I knew you were going to ask about a book. Um, <laughs> and I'm one of those people that have, you know, 20 to 30 books on the go. Yeah. Because I find ones that inspire me all the time. So I'm looking at a few on my desk right now. And the one right now is Rise, Sister, Rise by Rebecca <laughs> Campbell. I know. She's okay. so great. It's that's a mind-blowing book. For anybody who's listening, I can say, somebody recommended it to me. I thought, no, that's not really my, I wasn't sure if that was my kind of book. I did it, I listened to it on audiobook, loved it so much. Hmm. Listened to it again. I listened to it probably almost three times and I bought the book. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I thought it was a fantastic book. And it's great because you can just pick it up whenever. Mm -hmm. It's not something you have to... Um, yeah keep going with and then of course anything Brené Brown you know she's brilliant so isn't she have you watched her have you watched her Netflix special I did yeah yeah I mean even if you've heard some of her stories multiple times it still is um it's a great it's a great two hours or hour and a half whatever it is and she is another author that I do go back to her books fairly regularly yeah. And she's funny. I like listening I to her. So. I know. I, I kind of, you know, between, well, not just between you and me because we're here, but we, I, um, I mean, I kind of like the fact that she'll drop the odd like word and like swear word and she's just real and raw yeah. and I love it. I love that whole unfiltered kind of just real. Yeah. I love yeah. It. it has to be, um, there has to be more of that. I, I actually couldn't agree more. I, I mean, sure, if you're listening and you're like, no, I don't agree. Well, it might not be for you, but we just, somebody said that to me. I don't think it's appropriate that women swear. And I was like, oh, then we probably shouldn't spend a lot of time together just so you know. Now everyone knows that I can do that. So I just had to throw that in there. A little bit of humor. <laughs> I don't know. Do you have a favorite quote? Hmm... Yes. I'm just trying to pick one right now. I know. It's hard to pick one. When's that coming? Is there, is there anything coming to mind? We can circle back to it too. Yeah. It's just the one, the one for sure is, um, take care of your body 
is it's the only place that you have to live. We have to live. Mm-hmm. And then I'm just trying to think of who said that. I don't know who said that, but it's I remember. On. Yeah, I know the quote. And I, I, it's okay. It's all good. It's okay. And I love that one because it is like it is the place that we have to live. And a lot of times we take better care of our cars than we do of our bodies. Or, or our phones. Or our phones, right? Yeah. Yeah, we charge our phone. I still love the analogy that we charge our phones every night, but we don't give ourselves like adequate adequate sleep. Yeah. It's no sense whatsoever. No. (laughs) Um, I know. Who is a mentor who has impacted your life? And it doesn't have to be somebody that you know. It could be somebody that, um, somebody that like, again, like Renee Brown, it could be somebody like that or it could be somebody that you do know. Um, I have a few and the one that just popped into my head, you might agree with, because I think this is where we actually met was Mm -hmm. Peter Kelly. Yes, probably. Probably. Yes, probably. Um, But personally in my life, I would say Steph Gold. Mm -hmm. Um, She's a life coach in in the U.S. Okay. And uh, I'll just drop her podcast. She um, just launched Now Is Your Time podcast. Oh, nice. She just, she changed my life. Um, When I hired her, she was my first life coach. two and a half years ago. Nice. And um, so she's just, yeah. The right people, right? They say like the right teacher appears when the student's ready. And Mm -hmm. sometimes it's like, I've had many different coaches along the way and I'm like, have so much gratitude for all of them. They were just, it was just like the right people at the right time. And some are still great friends and some are, I still work with. And, but I definitely has been different coaches along the way that hit at the right times. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. yeah. Um, what motivates you and what lights you up? What is mm. something that drives you? Helping people feel better is what drives me. Mm-hmm. Um, and my work really lights me up. And I'm in a place right now where I'm not in my work as much as I was for the last 10 years. So I'm really missing it. (laughs) When you ask me this question, it's like, I just want to work so much because it just brings me the most joy. So we'll chat a little bit about, it's all good. We'll chat a little bit about that. So you are a registered massage therapist. You have been a massage therapist for 11 years, right? Yes. Yeah. Focusing. See, I love this focusing primarily on myofascial release therapy. Um, it is, it's, it's, I've had it done and I've worked with, um, osteos who's also osteo therapy who's also done this and it can be really really powerful and when I started to do more and more reading and research into the power of our fascia it was like oh this actually really does make sense to understand like it is the one thing that is connecting all of us right connecting all of us so can you tell people a little bit about what fascia is Oh, of course. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) This will light me up. Okay. Um, So basically every single cell in our body, muscle, nerves, bones, organs, all of of us um, is connected by fascia, which is a continuous sheet of connective tissue, mostly of collagen um, that connects even up into our brains, down into our um, organs and down to our feet um, continuously. So um, I like to describe to my clients as it's the glue that holds us together. And um, it's just magic. 
So it's not in, and correct me if I'm wrong, because I mean, we, like we were talking before we even started is the fact that like, I have a kinesiology background, so I'm going to understand some of the things you're talking about, but I want to make sure that the listeners understand. Um, I just didn't realize until a few years ago, how powerful the fascia was and how it can, you know, understanding and learning how to move the body to do some warm ups that will actually allow you to do some fascial release Mm -hmm. stretching a muscle, right? As opposed to just stretching, it's like just a static hold and stretch. There's a lot of movement exercises that I've come across over the years that really can make a big difference in how we move. Obviously there's blocks and that's why we need your help with that. But it's, it's, it's not the same as just like sitting stationary holding a, like a stretch. No, like, are you talking about the therapy that I yeah. do? Yeah, um, like, just so people understand how, like, what fascia is, right? Like, so people, if you're listening, you think, okay, so if I stand and grab my foot and putting it to my, my seat, I'm, like, stretching the front of my leg, but that's not, like, that's a static stretch. That's not helping fascia to release, right? So mm -hmm. fascia is, it has memory, and it has power, and it has energy, and it has, right? So does that make sense? Yes. Um, and the difference between, say, you stretching your own body versus a therapist right. uh, manipulating the fascia to stretch it for you, we can make it stretch or release a little bit further than you can because yeah. you're holding that stretch. Right. So you're, you're not relaxing, so you're not able to let, let it go right. uh, as much as you can with a therapist working on you on a table where you can just let everything relax and relax. So when you, how long were you in massage therapy before you started to go into, um, myofascial release? Like what led you in that direction? So basically I graduated from Darcy Lane, um, called massage therapy college in London mm -hmm. in June of 2007. Okay. And, and I didn't, um, dive right in because I was a personal trainer at the time kind of figuring out where I was going to go um, so I took over a maternity leave in May of 2008 and the therapist that I took over for used this therapy um, primarily in her practice okay. so I was my our interview was me massaging her her massaging me so her hands like basically gave me the inspiration to want to learn. Yeah. Um, and then, so that July I went to my first course in Toronto. Um, it was John Barnes course, uh, fascial pelvis. It was all weekend. And I felt my fascia release on the table with other therapists work when we were training and I, I was sold. I got back on that train and I thought to myself, this is it. This is how I'm going to help fix people or help yep. heal people the way I want to. Yes. Because it is more effective to not have that barrier of lotion and oil in between. Whereas that was how we were trained in Swedish massage. You always had lotion or oil. Right. But as soon as you put that barrier in between, you're not activating or you're not accessing the fascial system so therefore you're not making the change that you want so even with my clients that's a requirement of mine they, a lot of women will get out of the shower and put lotion all over their body mm -hmm. and I have to tell them don't, don't do put that. lotion on your body when you have a, a scheduled appointment they get a little mad but then <laughs> you can lotion up after don't worry <laughs> you'll be fine you'll be okay you'll be fine it's one it's half a day it's okay <laughs> 
um, because it's just much more effective when there's no barrier in between. See, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have known that. And I actually, when I think back to who I see, they don't use any lotions. You're, you're, I just didn't even clue because I've been seeing her for so long that I didn't really clue in that she's not using creams or oils or lotions in order to do that. So fascia is, if it's really that glue that is holding us together, then how we talked a little bit before we started recording, but how does it impact like what we're holding, what we're carrying, what we're like, what's the power of fascia? Well, our fascia wants to protect us, right? So Mm -hmm. if we've had an injury or like scars, for example, that's the biggest, um, visual I can give is if, so I'll use myself, I had a C-section. So I have a big scar, my lower abdomen. Um, But we know that scar tissue doesn't have the same function as healthy tissue. Right. That hasn't been um, through trauma. So it's going to hold me there to protect me. Um, But in the therapy with my hands on my scar tissue with slow sustained pressure, I can actually help that tissue, that scar tissue soften Mm -hmm. and relax and stretch a little bit. And then it's more capable of reforming what needs, what needs to change. Mm -hmm. Right. So if my C-section scar is really sticking to the front of my hips, I have low back pain. Mm So that's my, that's my trigger for me is like, Oh, my back is sore. Okay. I'm going to, now I'm going to work on my scar to see if I can um, unblock that area a little bit to have a little bit more flow mm-hmm. in, in the fascia, right? Because we're all, it's liquid. Um, mm-hmm. The scar tissue or blocks um, in our fascia, wherever it may be is just a little bit more solidified. And so that's where it creates that sort of kink in the hose. Yeah. Um, and if we can release that a little bit, then it helps the other areas to feel better. So the pain might decrease wherever you may be feeling that. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's answering your question, but I no, just it is. Went I, <laughs> no, 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 no. I, you see, okay. I, I, I am so fascinated by this stuff, and I and we're you'll. I mean, as you're listening, you'll see how we'll tie it together with um, the body and what we go through. But as like it's, I just so the body's job, the brain's job is to keep the body safe right? Whether it's physical, emotional pain, any, it, it's really is ultimately what the brain's job is. And so many times we will like, once we have an injury or trauma that happens, healing starts immediately, right? Immediately seconds later, we think about it. You think about like, if you um, have a cut, like it starts clotting, it starts like things just happen instantly. That's so we don't bleed to death. Like that's how our body works, but it will avoid um, if it anticipates that that hurt and there's pain involved, I can't believe how fast a body, a body learns how to change its movement. That's what fascinates me, which I think is going to tie with your fascia. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I watch them and I'm like, why are you walking like that? Like you don't like, I don't understand. Why did that happen? And you watch their gait will change. Mm-hmm. And within, within no time, that new gait becomes normal. And Gabe is walking for anybody listening. So it is because we could totally geek out on this conversation. Just <laughs> sorry, sorry, but it's in it. The body learns instantly how to move differently to avoid pain. Because at the core, we want to avoid pain and discomfort. Yes. 
at the yes. very core. It doesn't matter if the path to get there is worse for us in the big picture. It doesn't matter if it's not helping us to move forward. Our first instinct is to avoid pain. Is that yeah. correct? Protect yeah. and guard. And, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So working through some of those issues can make a big difference in how the body can move. Mm -hmm. And the other thing that I think is really important just to explain for everyone or ask you to explain for everyone about fascia is that where we have pain is not necessarily where the problem is. So you just said yourself there, you know, if you had back pain, that's your cue that it's like, oh, I'm not like I'm tight with my fascia or I'm not using my core or whatever it is. Right. So can you just touch a little bit on that? So people can understand that where they have pain is not necessarily where the problem is. Yes. Um, I will put it, I'll make it sort of an analogy. I don't sure. know if this will translate yeah. over a podcast, but this is how I picture it. So picture our fascia completely covering our body and it's like a knit sweater. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And say you pull one of those mm -hmm. um, pieces of yarn. Yes. Right? Yes. And I keep pulling and pulling and pulling. Yeah. Well, other areas of that sweater is going to start to like scrunch in. And some will stretch and some will shorten and some will. And shift and move. Yeah. And, okay. and, our, and our body doesn't really like that. Yeah. No, of course not. <laughs> but the problem is where that, piece of yarn is being pulled, but mm -hmm. where the, so say my C-section scar, we'll just use that as the example. Yep. So that's where the pull is, mm -hmm. but then the scrunches are in my back or up in my neck and that's where I'm going to feel the pain. Right. So I can address those painful spots all I want all day long, but right. if I'm not getting to where that pull is actually coming from, I'm not, I'm not curing the problem or I'm not no. I'm not addressing the actual problem. I'm just sort of treating the symptom as yep. opposed to the source. So no, that's perfect analogy. I appreciate, no, I appreciate you saying that because I want people to just see how that analogy works. Like I always say to my clients that if you go to the doctor every day and you say, or you go to the doctor and you say, I have so much pain in my head and they keep giving you something for headaches, but you don't tell him that you're hitting your head against the wall, then <laughs> It doesn't, there's no medication that you're going to take that's going mm -hmm. to change it because what you're doing is that it's creating an issue. It's creating an issue everywhere. So we have to get to the root mm -hmm. of what those issues are. Mm -hmm. And this is where it's really cool because it's not just physically, you're hearing us talk about it physically, but it's physically, emotionally, mentally, right? Mm -hmm. So talk to us a little bit about how scar tissue holds on to, like you, if you take the analogy from the sweater but how that scar tissue or effects in the fascia can hold on to um, whether it's pain, emotion, struggles mm. that we have. This is the, this is my jam. I can um, tell. I'm waiting. Uh, <laughs> you can't see, you guys can't see. She just totally lit up. So yep, go ahead. Um, so yes, everything that we go through in life, our traumas, our emotional struggles, we hold that in our, in our fascia, in our cells. It doesn't right. really go, go anywhere. Um, so, so for physical scars that we can see, whether it's an appendix scar or you, you know, broke your femur or something like that, and the scars are being worked on, manipulated, changed in some way physically, clients will feel rushes of those emotions come through their body. Um, crying is common. 
on okay. a, my massage table because that's just a way for us to let that go really? as well. Yeah. Um, and that's totally normal. And that's actually what helps people to kind of get set free from that. Yes. Um, which I love. But then there's some blockages um, that occur with anxiety, depression, that there is no physical scar. So as a therapist, I can't be, I can't look at the body and be like, well, this is where you're holding your emotions because there's mm -hmm. nothing, it, I can't physically see it. But we'll talk about this probably in the next couple of minutes about the abdominal fascia because most of our anxiety and emotional stress we tend to hold in our stomachs okay. and we tend to squeeze it in <laughs> and again, like you said, to protect, to protect our bodies. Yes. But we do. I'm only laughing because we all do it. We all, all do it. it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but there, again, there's no physical scar. I can't see that, but I can feel that it feels like cement in my hands. And then the way fascia works, um, it just takes time, like anything else with our cells. Our cells need time. So um, for the emotions in our abdomens or surrounding our psoas muscles, which is our flight, flight or fight muscle, um, it eventually begins to soften. And again, like feelings of butterflies um, will float throughout the body or crying happens, convulsions happen, depending on how severe it is. Um, like I've seriously held clients in my arms and we would cry and convulse together. And most of the time it's funny too, because people are very um, closed unless you really, unless you really trust that therapist, which I'm lucky most of my clients know how open I am and, and we have a really good relationship, but um, I will probably start crying before they will mm -hmm. because energetically I can feel that through my fascia. Mm. which is what makes my job so powerful because we can read about, you know, foam rollers and fascia blasters and all these apparatuses that we can use to help um, iron out our fascia. But the power really lies in fascia on fascia. So uh, that's what I was going to ask you. Hand, yeah. Therapist hand in yeah. to whatever's being blocked, that cemented area. Um, and here's a fun fact. Fascia is so powerful that it is, I think it's like 10,000 pounds of pressure per square inch. Oh my goodness. I know, oh which goodness. sounds crazy. Um, so just think about those protected areas. They're even stronger than that. So yeah. um, it really just takes the energy of your therapist um, and the patients because um, if I push too fast or I, you know, go through the area too fast, it could be painful for them. So I've really learned to, you know, less is more, more time on the area is more beneficial and more clearing for that client, um, mm -hmm. especially at the emotional level. So, and so you talked about the abdominal fascia and how that is where we care. I know it's your jam. We, where we can, where we carry like the most amount of anxiety and, and so you said C-section myself, I've had like multiple surgeries dealing with, um, endometriosis. I know there's definitely scar tissue there and there'll be times where it's like, we're working on something and as I'm trying to get stronger and it'll be like, okay, so let's get the core firing. And I'm like, yeah, it's not even connecting. Like <laughs> it just, you could just, it's just like, it's not even there. So, mm -hmm. but you don't have to have, as you just said, you don't have to have an actual trauma to that area, but is that the area that carries the most amount of anxiety in the body? Typically, 
know that's a generalization, but fascia-wise. Yeah, I would say to our jaws carry a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, like TMJ is yeah. a, a very, yeah, d- well, difficult carry, thing now. We mm-hmm. carry a lot. And I mean, I know uh, for the for many years, I'd wake up in the morning feeling like my jaw was locked. And it was because I was gritting at night. And try to stop yourself from gritting at night. You don't even know you're doing it, right? Like you're just so clenched down. So this is where you carry a lot of stress. Yeah. Um, and a lot of times too, the abdominal fascia, which is um, where we carry the most fascia in the body. Cause think I was, about it. That's what I was wondering if that's, yeah, we have to okay. hold all those organs in place. Um, but if that's really, really tight, oh, sorry. If that's really, really tight um, as well, that's, that's kind of causing your jaw to clench even more than it wow. probably would because it's pulling it down and you're like trying to hold it up and it's just a battle. Wow. I just, I just, I love this stuff. Like this is, I just find it so, so, so fascinating. So when you are trying to help somebody release fascia and you're doing what you're doing, say around that abdominal area and it's a sensitive area and it's tough, I'm assuming they have to come in. Like you can be very good at your job, but if they are coming in so close and so nope, not doing this, Mm -hmm. there's only so much you can do. Like, do they have to meet you part way? They have to meet you part way as far as releasing and yeah. open to release. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm very, um, I'll use the word blunt. When I first start with a new client, for example, my, one of my first questions are, has anyone ever worked in your stomach? Yeah. And then they look at me like I'm crazy. Right. And I say, I'm going to do that because I, I already know before they're even on the table, just based on yeah. their health history. Um, and a hundred percent of my clients, I have to go in there. Hundred, see, that's powerful. A hundred percent. Hundred percent. Yeah, we are carrying. I mean, we are carrying tremendous amounts of anxiety through our abdominals, which will then pull through, you know, pull through the organs, pull through everything, and you know, you know, take that into other areas that we can be so disconnected that we are overeating, we are over like drinking, or we are like that's a fact because we're just not in tune with. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I do so much teaching and I feel like, yeah. I feel like I took this break because I felt like a broken record and then yeah. hence my podcast. Cause I'm like, I'm just tired of saying the same thing over and over again. Can I just record it and yeah. <laughs> put it out there? Yeah. Um, yeah. But no, you're right. We, um, and going back to whether the client accepts me going mm-hmm. in to do the work, I have found um, doing a lot of ideal client work that women are my ideal clients, of yep. course. Yep. Um, younger bodies, so I want to say teenagers, young athletes um, in their 20s, men are not open. <laughs> especially, especially in the service industry, like police officers who take up a majority of oh. my client roster. I don't. I have, I've had men, so I'll be in sort of near their navel yeah. and these like macho men <laughs> look at me and say, I'm going to punch you right now if you don't get out of there because they hold so much and they don't want to be vulnerable on the table. And no. so, so I don't, I, I don't get to go there with a lot of male clients, yeah. Yeah. which is fine with me because I have enough women to fill my roster and yeah. And I want, I want to be with my ideal clients anyways. So, but I, I just, I think it's interesting that the different uh, dynamic there between females and males. 
Well, it's in that actually that really doesn't surprise me. It really mm-hmm. doesn't. It's just a different, we tend what, here comes a generalization. We tend to be more like open, inquisitive, looking for solutions. Mm. Whereas I can say that sometimes with males, it's like, that's the way it is. It's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. It is and, and maybe yeah, the, maybe always. Not always, but and yeah, maybe that's where a shift needs to happen. And I think yeah. a big part of my motivation is to like get to that next generation because I've had a lot of um, young male athletes on yeah. my table and they are very open and awesome. very um, vulnerable and, awesome. and okay with that. So, mm-hmm. um, so maybe there's a shift. I don't know. Yeah, there's probably a shift coming. There's absolutely a shift coming. I know. So we were talking a little bit before we started, for anybody who's listening, we were talking before we started about the power of when we are holding on to that trauma, that challenge, is that we don't want, not that we don't want to deal with it, our bodies don't want to deal with it, our brains don't want to deal with it. It's we try and avoid, right? We avoid is what a lot of us do when we are. And there's such a parallel there to the things that I talk about and coach about and work with and especially in this podcast is that learning like the parallel of what I mean you might have an idea that of what you want to work through or what you think is holding you back but understanding and appreciating that like these this these are really do create physical symptoms and when we avoid things in our life um num num squash them down you know don't give it any kind of let's say recognition or that it's, it is actually really a factual thing that's holding us back. And we do that. It actually is, I can deter what kind of progress we can make. So I find there's a lot of parallels there in how our body is physically behaving and how we are like mentally, emotionally, spiritually handling our problems. Does that make sense? Well, of course, it's all connected, right? It's all connected. So do you want to talk a little bit about maybe what you've seen or how that's been a factor for some people is, you know, how that holds us back and how we have to go into the difficult spots in order to create change, right? Mm -hmm. I like to say we've got this big pile of crap. And we spend our life like trying to go around it, put our toe in it, like make it look pretty, but not deal with it. Like we're not dealing with it. And it's not, we cannot get to the other side until we actually deal with those emotions, those feelings, those experiences. We have to deal with them in order to get to the other side. Yeah. And I agree um, completely with that. And especially if we ignore it, it will come back and haunt us later on. Right. Right. If we just keep shoving it down or walking around it. Right. Um, And same goes with physical pain. If we just cover it up with, um, you know, pain meds, antidepressants, those types of, because that's, that's the quick fix for people or, yes, or, or it's over prescribed now. Um, Yeah. And that's not saying before anybody freaks out, it's not saying that people are not like, just, I can just picture it already that there's definitely time. Right. But I, I can tell you, my family doctor is a good friend of mine. And she said that in her 25 years of practice, she has never been to this space where it is being asked for or prescribed for depression and anxiety in her all of her 25 years as to where she is right now. It's, it is that prevalent of an issue. Yes. And I, I mean, I agree that medications have their place, especially to get your body back on track or whatever, yeah. but, yeah. but um, it's not the sole solution and, and how I can't imagine being dependent on something like that mm-hmm. as opposed to facing the, facing the real issue 
overcoming it, which is a way more of a celebration, right? Yeah. Like think about yeah. getting to the other side, whatever it is, if it's right. um, physical, emotional, mental, anything, getting yeah. to the other side and like overcoming and just becoming a totally different person is, I don't know. It's, you know what, I love that you said that. And I, I can't, I'm going to butcher this quote, but it's something to the fact that like we tend to choose the discomfort that we know as opposed to the, like the, um, what, how does it say? So we tend to choose the discomfort that we know as opposed to reaching out to find something that we don't know, like not knowing what that feels like over there is scarier than settling for discomfort right now. Yes. Use discomfort right now continually because that's scarier. We don't know what's over there. And it's, it's so hard because, you know, we, we know what we don't want in our lives. We get to a point where we know we don't want, maybe we don't know what we're creating or what we're doing, but we know we don't want, but it still is easier to choose the discomfort that we know than something that we don't. Absolutely. Yeah. That change is hard. And and I understand it's, it's a, it's a tough thing to work through and move through. But if you want to create lasting change in your body that, and treat that body, like the only place you have to live as great as you can, then you have to work through some of these physical issues. Yeah. And sometimes it doesn't even, you know, you take these small steps, whatever that may be, and you feel like you're going nowhere, but you just have to keep taking those steps because in the long term, you'll look back and be so grateful that you, that you did. And we're patient with yourself no matter what it is because right. yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's, I think that's great. I think that's great. So you started your own podcast recently and it's called love yourselves, which I love. love. <laughs> so what does that mean to you when you say love yourselves? Well, it originally started because I, um, I've been writing for years. I've been writing yeah. for like eight years and it's all sitting on this laptop, not going anywhere. <laughs> it's and okay. It's okay. It's everything in its right time. I mean, okay. it's going somewhere now, but mm-hmm. and, uh, anyway, so two years ago, I just, um, I wanted to put my articles that I had written, um, just about myofascial release and about certain things in the body, like drinking water and the abdominal fascia and anxiety connection and stuff um, on into a website. So for some reason, love your cells just spoke to me because, you know, as we talk about pain and discomfort, it's like, we have to love that stuff too. We have to love everything about ourselves. And I was just, and, and we're just a big pile of cells. So I was like, well, let's love yourselves. <laughs> I, love I absolutely have always loved the name. Since you've chosen it, I've always loved it. I think it's just perfect. I do. Thank you. Yeah. So I just made the the website two years ago just to, um, like I said, um, I don't know if we recorded this, but I just always think if I die next week, I just want to leave my mark on the earth. So I had done that website and then I didn't really do anything with it. Um, until I wanted to create the podcast and I already had the platform built and it's still, I still love, I still love that. So, Oh, I love it. I absolutely love the energy to it. And I love what you said. If I can just expand on one thing that really hit home for me, if we are going to actually love who we are, 
if we are going to love who we've become, we have to learn to love or slash appreciate before anybody freaks out all of the situations and circumstances that have made us who we are, right? Mm -hmm. That's our stories. That's our thing. Like all the things. And I, I mean, yes, we've had some horrific things happen in our lives. I'm not saying that you have to love all of your circumstances, but they do make us who we are and they do contribute to who we are and they do affect who we become. So it's learning to appreciate or find the beauty in some of the things. And maybe it's the lessons that we learn, whatever that is. So that's why I love, love yourselves because I think that that's, it's so powerful to know that everything we've done up until now has, is, is who I am. Like that's who I am on all levels. And yes, exactly. I, um, we are a direct accumulation of all of the situations, experiences that we've ever had. And it yes. sticks with us in ourselves. It physically sticks with us. So. Okay. So that's a great way to tie a bow to that is the fact that it does, it, 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 we hold on to that and everything that we have gone through. So that is love yourselves, right? Like that is really, it's a part of us. And it's a part of us. And it's not a case of, you know, I've used this with clients and people that it's not that we have to belittle ourselves for the mistakes that we are making, but what we do need to do is recognize that our choices have led us to here. And if we want to feel differently, be differently, show up differently, then, and it's different from what we are today, then we have to make different choices. Yeah, like it's, and that just requires different choices. Not a like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm so stupid and I made this mistake again. It's mm-hmm. that, oh, this is the choice that I keep making. So if I want a different result, I need to make a different choice. And you can feel that right down to that cellular level. How your body feels is so important to how we feel and express ourselves on the outside. I love that. Yeah. Exactly. I don't know if I can, what I actually said, but we'll go back. No, I love it. <laughs> it's just... But it's always, it's always been a factor for me. And I've had people say, but there's no way you love everything that happened to you. And I'm like, no, but I had to learn how to stop hating it too. Exactly. And I love that I'm still here and I'm now at this point, right? I got got over whatever it was, or we've moved, we've moved on. Yeah, We've moved on and we can choose to hold on to it or not. Right. We choose to carry it. We choose not to, Mm -hmm. I would say I have this backpack and I can choose to put it in my backpack or I can choose not to carry it. Mm-hmm. But if I start carrying everybody's stuff in my backpack, it gets heavy. <laughs> it gets yes. really, really heavy. And sometimes, here's an interesting question. People are carrying things that aren't even theirs to carry. Yes. Is that like is my- that something you see a lot of? Because I, I, I see it a lot myself. Well, and now I feel it as a mother, yeah. right? So, yeah. and it, as a therapist, we... Um, at the start of my career, I remember I would come home sometimes and I'd be angry and maybe I was carrying on to some of my clients stuff (laughs) that I should have just left at the door. And um, so, yeah, you kind of have to train yourself to not carry other people's boundaries boundaries totally yeah it's boundaries but it's a, it's interesting it's a physical boundary and i'm i'm glad you said this i hope you're everyone else enjoyed this conversation because we're having a very good depth conversation but but when i was doing this book launch and i was interviewing women there was a point where i was like i i'm going to have to figure out how not to take this on because i could feel some of the stories and some of the stories are horrific 
Some mm-hmm. of them are like, Oh my gosh, like, I'm so sorry for what you've gone through. Mm-hmm. But when you're doing back-to-back calls or you're connecting with these women, it was like, there was a point where I was like, I have to find a way to break this up and I can't take this on. And this is, this is me who's really learned boundaries, learned understanding and those and how powerful they are. But I'm talking like cellular. Sometimes I say, I feel like I'm handling things well, but my body doesn't feel like it's handling things well. Does that make sense? Yes. It's like your mind wants your body to, but yes. your body doesn't want my to. My body says no. And there are times where, so I think it's really important for people who are hearing this and to listen to this, that you can be doing all the right things. Okay. You can be doing all the right things. You can be doing all of the self-care things that, that everybody tells you to do, but you can be feeling not okay. And yeah. And, and I think it's really important to listen. So sometimes I will ask myself, like, what do I need today? What do I, oh, I need to go back and have a nap. Like I actually do physically need nap. We have to nap every day. We've got to deal with that. But it's learning that and, and learning to ask those questions, right? Because again, those cells are holding on to that. And sometimes they're just saying, this is enough. I just, I need uh, to decompress from everybody and everything. I need to recharge, right? So does that make sense? Is that something that? Yeah. And if, just going to the nap thing, you can feel guilty. Yes. Right. So you have to kind of, it's it's okay to take a nap. It's okay to yeah. lay in bed and watch your soap opera. It, it's, it's really okay. I mean, one day. <laughs> right. Like it's just, it's just, if you're doing stuff like that every day and you're not changing, but you have to listen to what your body needs because I believe it's always giving us clues. Right. And that one quote is says that like, listen to your body, listen to the whispers before it screams. It will scream. For me, it'll get whisper, 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 migraine out for two days. So mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, I must have missed that again this time. <laughs> I missed those symptoms. And, and it, that, yeah, yeah, that's a big thing too, is like pain or whatever, like you said, migraine. Um, this that's our body signal for us. Oh, right. Like pay attention, right? Yeah. Scream and then all of a sudden it's screaming. And when you get to the point of screaming, now you just gotta ride this out. You can't like mm-hmm. you, it's not a case. There's when I hit that point, there is no, like I'm not, there's no combination of medicine that takes it away from me. It's time. It's yeah. time and it's rest. And so I just find that interesting when you're talking about that and holding on to that, how we have to listen to what our body is telling us as we go through before it gets into a full blown rage. Yeah. And as a coach and a therapist, um, we really have to, um, this is, is one of my reasons why I left the clinic because in the past two years, I've been working with the whole um, the whole therapy, the way it's structured, the whole structure is off. So, you know, one hour treatments, half hour treatments, like these aren't effective ways, right? So I will start at 10 in the morning and I have back to back to back to clients, right? So mm-hmm. hour, 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 hour. That That isn't good for the therapist because... Well have to completely shut off and then someone knew that the last um, two years I've been really focusing on concentrated treatment. So maybe I'll just take two clients a day. Nice. If I'm with that client for 90 minutes to two hours, that's how long it's going to take. Mm. And I'd, I don't like the time frame. Um, and nice. just, just how you were saying with your client calls, right? Like, yeah. You could probably talk to someone for way longer than someone else, but because yes. you're on this schedule, yes. It's just, um, it's just not as effective for me. Um, no, 
No, I can completely relate. It's like meeting that where you're at, right? Yeah. Exactly. So as you are, you've got Love Yourselves, your podcast is out, right? Mm-hmm. Where can people connect and follow you? You at this point are going back into treatment soon? You've been away from treatment for a little bit? Is that what you said? Well, Marcia, this is the deal. Um, <laughs> okay, let's just be real. Okay, let's, let's, here's the deal. Yeah. So with my license, every year I have to either go active or inactive, right? To yeah. maintain my license. So January, so January 2019 till December 31st, 2019, I am inactive status, which means yeah. I cannot physically write an, uh, an invoice to put through to insurance. Right. Because guess what? I needed to, I needed to force myself to stop. I was renovating a house, my daughter's health issues, writing all the things I just needed to take yeah. a, a step back. Now that the renovations are done and now I'm like, okay, I really want to get, get to work. Um, <laughs> and then, so, so I started the podcast and now I'm sort of, um, I don't think I'm going to go back to the clinic that I was at. Yeah. Um, I learned now that that wasn't really in alignment. So I feel like I'm going to go rogue. And I'm going to be going to clients' houses. Nice, nice. Um, so that they can have their time. They don't have to drive after. They can literally just like roll off the table and walk to their bedroom and go to bed. Right. Or into the bath or whatever is is next. Um, so I'll be doing a lot of one-on-one that way. Um, I've signed on for a retreat in the um, in Arizona that I go nice. to often. So I, I do a lot of um, wellness events. Nice. And, um, so where can people find me? People can find me. Um, my website is loveyourselves.ca. Mm-hmm. I have a Facebook page under that name. Also my face, personal Facebook, Suru. Um, Instagram, I'm there, Suru. A little bit everywhere, right? I think that's it. Yeah. A little bit of everywhere. Yeah, I'll send it all to you so you can. Yeah, it it'll all be there. I'll make sure it's all there. You are so if I can, why should people make this a priority to address some of those? Or how, let me let me rephrase this. How do they know that the fascia could be an issue for them and where they are holding on to a lot? Like, how do they know if they're listening to this? Like, what would be some of the signs for them to know that, oh, this is actually possibly an issue for you? I think if people have struggled with finding a, the right therapist or the right therapy, mm-hmm. um, whatever pain they're feeling, if they've felt it for like many, many years and it's still building and nothing's really shifting, I think that this could be a possibility for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially with the anxiety piece, if, so I, I was an example of this, um, which you will read about in the Great Canadian Woman book when that comes out. Um, but I held a lot inside of me, right? And yeah. I realized that. So growing up, I struggled with headaches and back pain, body pain. But really, it was because I was holding so tightly in my core, not breathing properly. And yeah. um, if it wasn't for this it wasn't, it wasn't for the field that I'm in or, you know, me investigating this type of therapy. I would probably be someone who's on antidepressants right now or anti-anxieties because, or a lot of pain meds or something. Yeah. But because I um, have found this with myself um, and then 
here I am healing myself in order to heal others. Absolutely. That's, um, you have to do that first. You have to. People say that all the time. I'm like, nope. You have to deal with your issues first. And there is no fast track. You have to do the work and you cannot teach on anything you have not learned yourself. Exactly. Exactly. And when I first had um, a therapist in my abdomen and I convulsed and I cried and I felt all the things and was like, what is happening? Um, I had to go through that. Right. Yeah, um, absolutely. In order to help others. So yeah, I just, I, I would just say um, if you're someone struggling with your body, um, physically, emotionally, mentally, um, and you haven't found something that works or something that has helped you yet, um, find a myofascial release therapist in your area. Cause awesome. I mean, a lot of physiotherapists and massage therapists and then osteopaths, um, yep. as well, um, address the fascia directly. So that's awesome. Well, thank you for sharing that. I appreciate that. Um, I like to ask two questions before I finish. And the first one is, um, what lesson in like, if you know, if you could go back to any age, what message would you give your younger self? You can pick any age. It doesn't have to be a. Oof. Oof. <laughs> Um, I would say, I don't know what age, but, um, I was really good at not listening to my intuition. I was yeah. really good at listening to what my parents' expectations were, what other people thought, of, you know, of yeah. me and, or being afraid to be judged. But now I listen to the whispers all the time and it's just pure happiness now. It's less stress. Like so much easier such an easier way of life isn't it yeah it just helps with my relationships and raising my daughter now it's just and she oh my gosh she's smarter than me marcia i can't wait for you to meet her <laughs> so awesome yeah so being able to teach her that as well and um, huge huge for i mean huge for kids period but huge for a girl that's awesome i love that love 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 that um and the last question i like to ask is what lesson in life are you most grateful for I think it goes back to my love yourselves. It's yeah. loving, loving the people and the things unconditionally, whether mm -hmm. they're not right in our lives, like love that they're not right in our lives or um, sending love to people who have, you know, judged me or, that's the best. I don't, I, I don't know. I, I, I can't hold grudges. It's, it's toxic. It's a lot of energy. Oh, waste of time. It's so much energy. <laughs> no, it is. And you know what? I mean, and there's a, there's a lesson for if somebody is listening that, you know, when a person is judging you or being critical or, and they sting, I know they sting. It takes time to learn how to not take that personally. It's so powerful sometimes to just, I say nothing. And in my head, I'm just like sending you love because you got a lot of stuff going on. Like you got a lot of stuff going on. Just allows you to see it differently when you realize it's not about you and exactly. you can feel your energy shift completely. So as soon as I feel myself get really angry sometimes, I'm like, okay, Marsha, how can you reframe this? Mm -hmm. Reframe this and look at this differently, right? And so that's, that's very powerful. Mm. Yeah. 
Oh, well, thank you so much for being here, Sue, and for giving us a very different perspective as looking at the power of fascia, how we hold on to anxiety, and how that can make a big difference of how we choose to live our life and what we allow ourselves to do, and how we have to work through the muck sometimes in order to heal that to feel better, right? Mm-hmm. This is so, so important, physically, emotionally, spiritually, all of it. There's beauty in the mess. I didn't have beauty in the mess. It's like, they talk about the mess as the message, but I like, I like what you just said there is that beauty in the mess. I love that. Thanks for having me, Marcia. Oh, absolute pleasure. I have one question for you. Oh, okay. Perfect. When do I get to work on your body? Oh, I could even imagine. My, I'm sure. I mean, oh my gosh. It's going to happen. It will happen because I have had a lot of physical, physical things happen. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you read my book, but there's definitely some things there that I share um, that happened from a very young age. So I know when I look back at the whole picture, it's all connected. I know mm-hmm. it's all connected and I know it's all part of it. And, you know, sometimes it's just, it will happen. I'm sure yeah. I have no doubt that it will. So once you get back, that will be what we will do. Perfect. I awesome. look forward to it. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much, Sue. I really appreciate it. Awesome. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. Until next time, remember, When you own your choices, you truly own your life.